This is Untitled MMA. December 10th, 2018. I don't know if this is the Untitled MMA Podcast anymore. I think this is the Blessed Era Podcast, if we're being honest. If we're being honest. TBH, I'm Buju. I am Brendan. I'm Bryce. You guys Jeez, struggle with that sometimes. Remember? No, that's on him. I know the order. Who I know the order, too. I just delayed because you say some such shit, so I have, to, I have to give my fresh air flowing. I can't use the same air that you just used. Who was it that said the wrong name one time? <laughs> that was Bryce. <laughs> was it? Yeah. What did he say? He said you were. He was Brendan. Oh. I think so, and I think I said it in his place too. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce was trying so hard to be Brendan that day. So, like I said, this is the Blessed Era podcast now, and for good reason, because Max Holloway fucking showed out at UFC 231. Yes, the fuck He's he a bad did. Man. There was like one or two points at the fight. I was like, oh shit, this is scary. But that's more probably more of a fan's perspective. I don't think I'd be as nervous if I was just like a typical person just watching the fight, you know? To me at the beginning when it when Ortega was making it look like it was going to be very back and forth, I was a little nervous. Then Max kind of took over a little bit from there. And then I think it was in the third, Ortega landed a pretty nasty elbow. Uh, and it looked like it wo- wobbled Max a little bit. But other mm-hmm. than that, I felt like Max controlled the fight. Speaking or, of the third, oh, I thought Ortega sure. definitely won the third round, but the yeah, scorecard yeah, says judge different. Gave it to him. Yeah, I thought he won the third too. I thought Granted, it was close, and for when we were watching it live, we both we all said it was close, and we just gave it to him in case it went to a decision. I think I think he won. I don't think I was like giving it to Ortega just to be safe or anything. Like eh, it's fifty fifty. I'm gonna give it to Ortega to be safe. I do remember you saying that now, Bryce. Now that you say it again, but I wonder if like because Max was so controlled the fight so much in the first two rounds if it like it looked like Ortega did more in the third compared to the first two so it made it mm-hmm. seem like it was more made it seem like he did more than he actually did even though I it was a very close round like you said and it also makes me yeah. wonder how much this like values the round going to the championship fighter because yeah. it was pretty close maybe you know the championship fighter actually does truly get a factor what do you think edge. about that unwritten rule a like I, do you think it's like is it something that judges actually look at? And if it does come down to that where it's like a pretty even round, do you give the edge to the champion or is it just like you f- try and find who did have the edge? I try to, when I'm doing it, I try to find who did have the edge. When we're uh, talking about that round three in person, mm-hmm. I gave it to Ortega, but that was, again, to assume the worst going to a scorecard. But I think that judges do le- – they have to legitimately have that as some sort of a factor, I'm sure. Right. I it's think not they, a written rule, obviously, but I think there is a slight championship bias. I think they do too, especially because, like, let's say it goes to decision. I think, like, more than not, the champion is going to win a decision than right. the opposing fighter. Mm-hmm. So, it, And there's so it's so subjective that, like, if a round is close, what do you use to – 
uh, differentiate the two fighters. You know what I mean? Like if they both landed a takedown, they both landed a, like a pretty even amount of strikes. What do you use to di- differentiate I, it? So, I think the biggest thing is who controlled the octagon. It's I almost, feel like that's so underrated. Yeah, well, I don't even know. Is that even officially listed as one of the criteria? Yeah, it is octagon control. It's what it's. The list that they list it as when you're going like talking I, about like three five minute rounds, five five yeah. minute rounds. I knew it, it used goes to in that descending order. I knew it used to be. I didn't know if Octagon Control was still on there after they came up with the new criteria, which is kind of bad for like a Counter Striker because like a Counter Striker might be against the cage and they might be like more efficient or whatever you want to say, but they're against the cage so they have less control, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And then in a close round, then they lose. I do feel like it's definitely less important than it used to be because we've seen fighters win rounds from the bottom lately, I feel. Yeah, but I think that's also under the unified rules. Canada wasn't under yeah. those. Which and, also makes because judges don't aren't like exclusive to a state. If a judge is in New Jersey one week and then Canada the next, he's not like how much is he thinking about the two different criteria that those two I places have set? He's yeah, just I really looking at, doubt that he does. All, at the end of the day, they're ju- they're judging on their own criteria anyway, no matter what the list might say. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. All kind of I an know eyeball test type of situation. Them being unified rules in MMA, there's not a whole lot of unification. In no. what sport do you have different rules depending on where you go? Yeah. Could you imagine if the Seahawks had different rules than the Houston Texans? Yeah, that'd be some wild stuff. Yeah. It's... And you don't even have it in boxing. Like the boxing mm-hmm, rules are yeah. the boxing rules. Exactly. MMA is the only mm-hmm. like major sport where you deal with that. Dimensions of a baseball field would be the only other thing you I could think of. There might be referees that call it a little different way than another referee, but the rule is still the rule, no matter where you exactly are. Exactly right. Except in MMA. And so, MMA, the UFC needs to do good and pressure all the commissions to. Because the UFC is the one that really pushes for these new rules when they go into place. Right. They need to push for the commission to adopt them, too. But the problem is the biggest moneymaker state hasn't adopted the new rules. Nevada. Which is, again, they need to... I mean, the UFC has so much power over that to where they could just say, we're not going to go to Nevada again until you But Nevada, Nevada knows it's not going to happen, so Nevada can do what Nevada wants. UFC's not, UFC's not going to pull out of Nevada. It just wouldn't happen. Anyways, back to I this. Think, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I just mean, wanted, it was pretty much the same point. I wanted to get back to the Max fight. Um, 290 significant strikes landed. He set the record for significant strikes landed in a fight. He set the record for all-time strikes landed in the UFC, and he's only 27 years old. I Unbelievable performance by Max Holloway. We were both saying on this show, or we were all saying on this show, how close that fight was, and it really wasn't close at all. He, exactly. ran, he won every round, and he didn't even take it to a decision. He won by uh, Dr. Stoppage. So. And he took very minimal damage. Even as hard as Ortega, uh, or Brian Ortega throws heat. And he, mm-hmm. the sh- shots that he did land, it didn't do barely anything to Max Holloway. Yeah, exactly. It looked, right. like, uh, he, it looked like he came out of a somewhat decent sparring session at the end of that fight. I'll never, I mean, you can't judge looks off the fight. We learned yeah. that with GSP and uh, Hendricks. But, uh... Oh, what, well, I was, what all I was going to say is you can't question Max Holloway's chin. He can take some for major sure. shots. He did it against Aldo. And so can uh, Brian Ortega. I mean, absorbing oh, yeah, yeah, 290 yeah. significant strikes, mostly to the dome. Right. Not that they were all, like, power shots. Ortega's shots were harder than Max's. But still, yeah. if you get punched in the head 290 times, you don't even look wobbled once. 
Very impressive for Brian Ortega. Uh, yeah. I don't know about to you. be he fair though. He wobbled. looked wobbled in that fourth a few. He times. didn't go down. Yeah. Fair. Um, Brendan, but shout out to the doctors for actually stopping that fight. Brendan kind of mentioned this on the way. Do you want to get into what we were talking about on the way back from the fight when you were talking about uh, giving up, uh, overcrediting the loser, sort of? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get into it. You go. Ahead. Do you want to bring it? Well, because you saw the thing. Well, Bryce initially said this during the fight, but if you are losing the fight, this is where you're going, right? Yeah. If well, you if you are losing the fight, especially with Joe more than anybody, but it happens in sports and mostly MMA. To stay on topic here, if the fighter that always loses the fights always gets too high, is overly credited credited for toughness. being the tough fighter, being the strong fighter, being the great competitor, everything in that category, they're overcredited for being such strong mentally. Right. So. Brian Ortega, it was very, like, we just said how impressive it was that Brian Ortega stayed in that fight, didn't get dropped. Uh, the fight didn't even get stopped on his own accord. It was a doctor stoppage. But at the end of the day, he got his ass kicked, too. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I think with that type of situation, it's almost like a 50-50 thing. 50 of me is like, yeah, if you can, like we're just saying, if you're taking all those shots, you're pretty fucking strong. Right. You got a good chin. So, obviously, you're, you're a tough warrior in the octagon and whatnot. But, and again, just like you said, you're getting your ass whooped. Right. I, I, all the credit in the world to Brian Ortega. He's a bad motherfucker. I'm definitely not saying he isn't. But I think there is a little too much focus on how tough... Like, he got his ass kicked in that fight. The story should have been how badass Max Holloway is. Brian Ortega mm-hmm. is tough as hell. Everybody who watched the fight knew that. But the story should be Max Holloway and not Max Holloway and Brian Ortega's toughness. You know what I mean? Right. And, this and is also, not- can we talk for a second about how ridiculously biased Joe Rogan's calling of that third round was. Yeah, we've it's always talked about, especially in big fights. This is the first time I think I've really noticed it, though. Where Yeah, me too. No, I think we all had a time one time before. I just can't recall the fight. You could be right. But Ortega landed at like two or three really solid shots in the middle-ish uh, beginning of the third round. And then mm-hmm. for the rest of that round, Joe Rogan just forgot that Max Holloway was also yeah, throwing it, up offense. It seems like uh, Ortega would throw one shot, and then he would just ramble on about that one shot. While in between Max those putting a five piece combo on yeah. the dome, yeah. in between those solid punches that he got taken to the head, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, Ortega would land one, and like Rogan's going crazy, and he didn't even mention the three that Max landed immediately after it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you were just listening to Joe calling that fight, you would have thought Brian Ortega won almost, maybe even a 10-8 round. Yeah, exactly. That, that was the, this is the first. This is the only time it really popped up in my head. Like, what is Joe Rogan doing right now? I do kind of yeah, remember it, talking it about it one other time. Me. I do kind of remember talking about it one other time, like Brendan said. Mm-hmm. And maybe really, that was not good. And maybe if it was a 10-8 round and he was dominating, all right, credit him all you can. But and it, it wasn't even just that. Like it was a close round. Max won the fucking round, right. and he was landing combos in between those one punch landings that he was having. Right. So. Yeah. It was, it, and even like going off of the Rogan point, it was crazy how if Max was throwing one, he was throwing at least three more behind it every single time. So if you avoided that first one, you better avoid the next three because they're coming too. Exactly. He was so impressive in that fight. Brennan has something pulled up here. I just got a notification from Bleacher Report that Conor McGregor's coach says he needs he needs to be convinced to train him again. Yeah, I have that I, doubt. I read the MMA fighting article about that. Essentially, what it's saying is that Conor McGregor needs to have a real reason, other than the fact that the UFC wants him to fight. If he wants, if 
Kavanaugh is going to be in this corner. Yeah, the way I read it, because I read the article too, it sounds like Kavanaugh only wants Connor to fight Khabib or Nate Diaz. That's the way I read it. Which Maybe stinks. Yeah, it kind of does stink, but um, I think that if Connor has a reason and he isn't essentially just doing it for money, he'll Kavanaugh will definitely be in his corner. Yeah, I'm Ka- I don't see Kavanaugh skipping out on a Conor McGregor fight, no matter who it is, really. Mm-hmm. I get, he's going to like make sure Connor looks at it from all angles, but I think Kavanaugh ends up there at the end of the day. Oh, 100%. I didn't even read the article. I just like read a paragraph, and yeah. it was kind of confusing because yeah. like, it was what I got from the just the paragraph. It was like saying, "I'm not gonna coach him again, but I'm gonna coach him again if he fights." Like, yeah, what? I don't know if he was on Helwani's show or what, but it came out right before you got here to record, and I just skimmed through the article real quick. And that's the way I took it. That Kavanaugh really only wants him to fight Nate or Khabib. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that kind of fits with this because. I think the fight I want to see more than anything right now would be a Max Holloway Conor McGregor rematch. As much as uh, that fight would be great, I would probably end up very sad. I it I think it makes the most sense for Max Holloway. I don't think there's any other fight that makes more sense for Max than Conor McGregor. I just don't know how much sense it makes for Conor McGregor to do that again. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. coming off of a loss to Khabib, and I think he, Conor kind of. Just saying it right now, Connor loses the fight to Max. I don't think this is a fight you want to schedule. I'm kind of going for the fight, like we we said previously on a podcast, not like a Khabib again, but get yourself back together type of fight. Yeah, at the time when we were talking about, I felt like Cowboy versus Connor was the perfect fight for Connor. It's a winnable fight that's still going to test him. Um, I think the Max the Max fight's the same thing, but Connor's already beat Max before. If he's going to do a rematch, there's two more rematches that Connor's probably more interested in with. Could be uh, even Nate, so yeah, it's it was it's the fight for Max Holloway, but unfortunately, I don't think it's even a top three or four fight for Conor McGregor. Right. And if that fight were to happen, it'd probably be a five round fight, which does not sure, yeah. suit Conor McGregor because I mean he only beat Max in a three round decision. Then, although it was on one leg, essentially with a torn ACL, but Long time ago, yeah. I just don't think Conor McGregor could outlast Max, nor do I think he could put him away. So you guys both are picking Holloway in that fight, huh? You are too, so. I don't know. I think it's closer than you guys are giving it credit for. Oh, oh I'm not I trying to. still I'm not, close. Yeah, I yeah. just don't think he's going to put Max away, and I don't think he would last five rounds. Because, because we, did, we did see Max get rocked at least a little bit in that third round when Ortega landed that elbow. Conor McGregor yeah. hits a lot harder than Brian Ortega does. The, mm-hmm. And the way Max carries himself, it's not like he's uh, a dominant cruise where he's not going to get hit. Conor McGregor is going to land shots. Oh, yeah, he does not protect his face. And Conor McGregor hits hard. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a foregone. Honestly, I might pick Conor McGregor if the fight was scheduled right now. Conor hits yeah, hard. I mean, on fight day, it's Conor McGregor against the world, baby. But- and... This is the greatest. Go, 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 go. Thinking about this fight right now, there's just a lot of things that I'm not super certain about. This is the how I. It was a three round fight, though. Everything changes. How I view this as this is like the best striker that Connor has faced. 
Connor kind of had a stand up war with Nate and lost in the first fight, not because he lost standing up necessarily because he got he tapped out. But this is the best fighter he faced standing up, and I think uh, Max is a better striker. So not even just like the power factor of Connor that would knock him out. I think he's gonna get outstriked. Yeah, I. We, Khabib dropped Connor with a strong shot, and Khabib is not a striker. Max Holloway mm-hmm. very much is a striker. Granted, we don't know his power compared to Khabib, but uh, I don't know. It's a very close fight, I think. I think it's the most intriguing fight you can make right now out of any any weight class, really. But I just don't see it happening because of where Conor McGregor's at. I hope, right. I wish it would, but I don't think I don't see it happening. Connor can land that one power punch, like we were just saying earlier. Max can have five punches in between and after those that one punch. Right. Yeah. Connor doesn't beat Max Holloway in a decision. There's no question about that. Um, it's just whether Connor McGregor can knock him out. And I think mm-hmm. he has to do it in the first two rounds too. Yeah, without a doubt. And um, then, go ahead. Let's say he he like stumbles him he takes him to the, he get, gets knocked on the ground I, I have trust in Max Holloway's ground game to yeah, for, get out get out of that situation but if I'm Conor McGregor and I knock down Max Holloway I get on top of Max Holloway yeah. I'm not frightened of his ground game like I would be of a Khabib or uh, a half a dozen other guys Agreed. between 45 and 55 now the fight that is being talked about for Max Holloway it seems like the most like talked about option anyway is him versus Khabib which I'm not a fan of at all. Mm-hmm. I don't think it really makes sense for either guy. I, I think it makes more sense for Max because he wants to be pound for pound number one. I agree it makes more sense for Max, but if he's going to go up to 155, as far as stylistically for Max, I think the more intriguing fights are Tony Ferguson and Conor McGregor. Yeah. And then you have the added storyline with Conor. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Khabib has other fights. Uh, and Max still does at 145 too, but if they're go- if you're going to make an argument about um, if Max cleaning out 145, Khabib not having a lot left at 155, Khabib still has a lot left at 155 with Tony Ferguson in a rematch with Conor McGregor. Uh, Max, I think he can still fight Frankie. We haven't seen that fight yet. Uh, Hinato Moicano still coming up the rankings, although I don't think he's quite there yet. Um, there's one more. Yeah, Chad Mendez at yeah. five. Chad Mendez with another win is right there. So Max has options at 145. Khabib has options at 155. Give him a let's wait a couple fights, see where both of these guys are at, and then maybe do it. I don't think I'm not ready for that fight right now, and I don't think Max Holloway is either, honestly. I mean, he said after the interview that a king has to defend his throne, or he's no king, and so. But he's also he, leaning into the Khabib talks too, talking about he wants yeah, to be pound for pound I think number that one. People are whispering in his ear. I think if it was Max's choice, he would clean out one forty-five first, right. and I think that at the end of the day, that's what's going to happen. And that's where I'm confused because at one one point he said, "I want to stay in this division. I want to defend my throne or whatever." And then the next he says, "I'll do whatever I have to to be number one." So it's like, do you want to do whatever you have to do and leave the division, or you're going to defend? Like, what do you want to do more? What is he going to do? Like it's that, a that it's a better be. store if he cleans out 145 and then goes up to 155. He's only 27 years old. He has plenty of yeah. time. Um, and that's what I was worried about when we start. They started making these quote unquote super fights that we're going to start rushing into them. It makes sense for mm-hmm. TJ and Cejudo. They both kind of beaten everybody in their divisions. There's no clear challenger for Cejudo. There's no clear challenger for Dillashaw. It made sense for Stipe and Daniel Cormier because there was nobody at 205 for Cormier. And Stipe had kind of beat all comers at that point, too. That fight made sense. But Khabib and Max both still have challenges that they have not beat in their weight classes. 
they're rushing this one if that's the route that they go. It's an intriguing uh, fight. It's a fun fight. It was supposed to happen not that long ago, but Max got pulled from the card for whatever reason. But it is not time to schedule and build this fight yet. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, if you're the UFC, who do you give Max Holloway? If I'm the UFC, I'm trying to make as much money as possible and give him Khabib. I'm trying to do Conor McGregor if I'm the UFC. I don't try uh, yeah, to do that, Conor. That does give more money, but I think that if that's only if Conor McGregor wants it, because Conor McGregor runs his own career. I give him somebody at 145. I would. That's what I want. Yeah, me too. Is someone at 145, but I just don't. I feel like he's gonna go up to 155 for Because like, let's let's say the best thing for Max is Conor. So if that's that's the best fight, I guess you could say in that terms. Mm-hmm. But the best fight, like we were just saying, for Conor is not Max. Right. So I think Conor's what's best for Conor overrules what's better for Max. Yeah. So Max fighting Conor isn't the best fight, and then let's say Conor fights Khabib, then Khabib's gone. So you kind of almost have to stay at forty-five. Yeah, I agree. With, I, I don't disagree. I but at the same point, who is the clear challenger at one forty-five? There are challengers, but is there a clear next in line? No, honestly. I, I mean, I, I he's think every, beaten number one. Every, he just beat number one. He's beaten number two twice in Jose Aldo. Mm-hmm. And Nato Moicano is, I think, third. I yeah, can't he, think of who's number four off the top of my head. I, it's Yeah, it's like Ortega, Does Aldo, not deserve. Frankie, Moicano, and Mendes. Chad Mendes is five. Obviously, you can't do Ortega again. He just beat him. He beat Jose Aldo twice. Obviously, you can't do that. And I think Moicano, Edgar, and Mendes all need another win. So yeah, I maybe Max is fine with taking some time off. He just took a year off before this fight. Granted, it wasn't on purpose, but he did have a year layoff. Maybe wait till July, see what happens with some of those guys, and figure it out then. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not an easy situation where Max is at right now. So what happens happens, I guess. What it is, what it, it is, is, what it is. Um, Valentina Shevchenko in the co-main event pretty much dominated Joanna and Jacek. There was no moment in that fight when it was like, Joanna's in this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of sad because you wanted a close fight, not just for like from a f- fan's perspective, but for Joanna as well. Yeah. I don't know what Joanna does now. She is stuck between a rock and a hard place. She has to go back down to straw yeah. weight. I, she you, said that she'd only go back down if it's for a title fight, but there's not a world where she beats Valentina. Joanna's my second favorite current fighter and probably my third favorite fighter of all time. And, like, she just does not have an option right now. If I, as a fan of her, what I want her to do is go to 115 uh, and wait out, wait for Rose. But she doesn't have a whole lot of fights at 115, really, either. She's beat Claudia twice. Uh, she's beat Esparza. She's beat uh, Andrade. Her and Ansaroff, that's the answer. I mean... The answer off fight. She hasn't beat oh, her. Answer off just beat Claudia. Okay, Ben. Say she beats Answer off. Rose wins her next fight. Whoever that is, I assume is Andrade. Then Joanna's still playing the waiting game. You have to find somebody else yeah, for. Her. That's all that she can do. I mean, she's stuck between that. Just like Jose Aldo at one forty-five. Right. And even Aldo, like if he goes up, I know he doesn't want to, but he has options if he wants to go up to one fifty-five. Joanna went away class up. She just got dominated by the champion. She doesn't have any choice right now. Mm-hmm. It's almost just like she's going to have to sparringly take fights and wait for uh, Rose to lose, I guess, or Shevchenko to lose, but I don't think that's going to happen. 
No, I, I don't, don't see, think so either. I don't see anybody that can beat Shevchenko. Rose is like, I think Rose is a great fighter, and I like Rose a lot. But I don't think she's certainly not unbeatable at one fifteen. Exactly. She might be the most susceptible champion right now, honestly. Just looking down the line, yeah. I think Andrade is going to give Rose Damunas hell if that's the fight that ends up happening at 115. Yeah, I mean, that. Andrade is a problem for anybody. Yeah. And I don't even have a lot to say on Shevchenko because she was just so dominant, and I don't think nobody. She, she's not going to sweat anybody that is a realistic fight for her at 125. Jessica I. Like I think the only person just looking at the list that could be big enough and strong enough to even contend with her would be like Liz Carmouche. She has lost to Liz Carmouche. She has. Early, so I mean earlier in and her she's career. on she's ranked sixth currently in the women's flyweight. Mm-hmm. So I mean that I could even, be a possible I didn't even know Liz Carmouche was still fighting. Yeah, I didn't either until I saw that. And I happened to see on Twitter earlier that someone who spars with Liz said that they're campaigning for a Liz Carmouche title shot. I don't know. I'm, I just see Shevchenko dominating anybody, really. So I don't even have a whole lot to say on that. Um, what else happened on that card? Tiago Santos and Jimmy Manoa. Awesome fight. That was so fun. My boy Tiago Santos c- continues his little streak he's on here. Uh, keeps knocking dudes out, keeps looking impressive no matter how he keeps aging at the same time, but he still keeps mm-hmm. climbing the rankings, and he's probably a couple wins away from a title shot at 205. And this was just his light heavyweight debut. Yeah. I, was or a, I guess it was his light heavyweight debut against a light heavyweight. Granted, he almost went out himself a couple times, but still, he did win the fight. Who and won? I guess you could also say Jimmy Manuel has some of, he, no matter what his chin is, he still throws among the hardest in the division. For sure. Did that win fight of the night? No, it was Max no, and Ortega. Max and Ortega. Uh, Santos got a... A performance bonus. Yeah, Santos got a performance bonus. Max made fucking bank because he won fight of the night, a performance bonus, and he won the, his win bonus. Yeah. His last disclosed uh, salary was only like 77000 or something, and that was before he was champion. So Max made fucking bank on Saturday. Yeah, he did. He really did. Um, what else was on that card? We didn't really even pay attention to the Hakeem Dawodu fight or whatever it was. Yeah, Gunnar Nelson. Gunnar Nelson, a big win at one seventy. Uh, he's still got a couple wins to go before he's in contention or anything, though. It was a very yeah. impressive win, though. I, Alex Calivera, as we've talked about on this show plenty, is a very tough fighter and can beat anybody. And Gunnar Nelson had a nasty finish. So, mm-hmm. one elbow and it turned into a horror movie. Yeah, I th- it did. I thought Eric Anders kind of got robbed in the first TV fight. I thought he won. Oh, I I did too. I thought that, and everyone was. Ta- I guess though, looking at it, uh, Elias Theodoro threw twice as many strikes. But Anders so, almost had him finished in that second round. At the least, it should have been a draw. I think like Anders should have got a ten eight round in there for sure. I thought it was a ten eight too, and I was surprised that no one had it. But I thought that Anders also did enough in that third to win it. Yeah, I also don't like Elias Theodoro, so I could be like. I'm admitting that could be bias. Fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, is that it for UFC 231? I think we kind of covered everything. Well, uh, most significant strikes landed on a card in UFC history, 1,672. That's crazy. That's a crazy amount. Uh, what is that, like like 150 a fight or something like that? 12 fights? Uh, how many fights were there? 12, I assume. So, yeah, uh, give or take. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, um, 
And one more thing that like was being talked about heavily coming out of the Max Ortega fight. Uh, is Max Holloway the greatest featherweight of all time? I think he's got to win one or two more. Yeah, I think it's a little early for that, don't you, Brennan? I think he is. I well, I can definitely can... see the, I can see the argument because actually he's... no I think whoever wins out of him and Connor he's beat Jose Aldo twice, but Conor McGregor knocked out Jose Aldo in 13 seconds and he beat Max Holloway he beat on one leg. And even like even though Max did beat Jose Aldo twice, Jose was undefeated Jose Aldo for also 10 year yeah. champion. So I don't know Connor Max and. Jose are all right there in the discussion. There's so many factors. If you want to get in those factors, how often did he fight in those ten years? Who uh, who, who went who went on this? Who went on a 13 fight winning streak in that division? Did who he only fight that ten, ten t- fight championship streak though? That Jose, I mean, Aldo, Jose Aldo did. Jose Aldo only fought ten times in ten years. Yeah. Are you fucking serious? I'm dead ass. Or, hold on, I think there's ten championship fights. I don't know. Okay. If because I feel like part of that ten year winning streak. He, uh... Yeah, well, that wasn't all in the OC. Yeah. Yeah. Holloway's on, like, he he has, like, the second winningest win streak in UFC history. I'm not even saying that Jose Aldo is definitely ahead of him or anything. But I think there's there's arguments to be made for Conor and Jose Aldo both. And people are acting like Max is definitively the best 145 of all time. I think that's a little early to saying he's definitely the 145 GOAT. Especially when he's lost to Conor McGregor. Yeah. I agree to an extent. And if that was a while ago, if so. Frank, eighteen fights in a row, huh? He won 18, eighteen fights in a row, in a row um, for Jose Aldo over, in the ten years. Oh, it was ten years. Okay, um, and then fifteen of those were in WEC slash the UFC. If Max or Conor McGregor had a win over Frankie Edgar, I think I'd give it to whoever had that. But neither one of them do. So I don't know. Yeah, if Matt. I think if Ma- maybe if Max wins one more at 145, I give it to him. But right now, I think it's just a little early to be pushing that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I love Max, obviously. Uh, Dustin Poirier called out Tony Ferguson. Dustin Poirier is calling out everybody. I mean, rightfully so. He's like he's climbing the rankings at 155. He's looked extremely impressive, and he's just not getting fights. Granted, that's kind of yeah. I think Diaz's fault a little bit, but. Poirier is not getting the respect he deserves, I don't think, at 155 right now. Mm-hmm. I think that he's a problem for anyone in the division except for Khabib. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Just I, in, I don't think anyone is a problem for Khabib in that division except for Tony Ferguson. Kevin Lee? Maybe. We'll see what happens Overrated. this Saturday and we'll talk about it. And I'll have my thoughts on whether he's a problem with for Khabib next week. But as of now... It's, and Kevin Lee would probably be the only other person that could possibly, but no one else. If Tony Ferguson's not going to be fighting Khabib, then I want Poirier to fight Ferguson. Yeah, one hundred. I I don't disagree with that at all. I think that's a great fight. And honestly, Poirier might put him away. He might because I mean Anthony Pettis almost did, and yeah. Justin Poirier beat Anthony Pettis. Poirier hits harder than Pettis, and he has more of a killer instinct than Pettis does. Yeah. I don't think Pettis has a killer instinct right now, if we're being honest. Yeah, his killer instinct is to go for a sub when he drops someone instead of punching their face in. Yeah, granted he broke his hand, but still. Um, you better use the other one. <laughs> uh, I wanted to get into the Bryce hot takes because I think Bryce has a couple of them this week. Hinata Moicano missed weight as the backup for the title fight this weekend, and the UFC paid him, which is like kind of a talking point on MMA Twitter. That 
if you make weight, you should get paid whether your opponent drops out or whatever. But he didn't make weight. Now, I think that the UFC did the right thing in paying him because, I mean, he showed up. Uh, he was contracted to be the backup for that fight. Granted, he didn't make weight, but he still put in the work. And he wasn't needed anyway, so I don't know. He kind of did almost everything he's supposed to do. Bryce has a hot take. <laughs> it was a travesty to pay him. Or at least pay him his entire purse. What did he weigh in at? He should have... Huh? What did he weigh in at? 146. I mean... Pound off. He, he, could... was suppo- he was contracted for championship weight, and he didn't do it. So he didn't fulfill his contract. He should have had money taken away. He should not have gotten his full purse. But if he was, if he did actually need to fight on the card, he probably could have cut that pound in the extra three hours or whatever you get. He didn't make <laughs> weight. He shouldn't have gotten paid as though he did. You take money away. He did get a. Sh- he only got his show money though. He didn't get win money or anything. Well, yeah, because he, all he had to do was show up. Brendan, I think you take away at least twenty percent. Like if he would m- miss weight in a real fight. But he wasn't making weight for a fight though. He was originally, and he would have made weight for a regular fight if right. that fight would have actually happened. Because I guess someone fell out of that card, so they just had him as a backup. Brendan, not too long ago we were talking about if you don't make weight, do you have to have a system for it? So I think they should make a system for it, and also I do think he should get a pay deduction, but I'm not emotional. I don't give a fuck either way. I He, he showed up. gotten at least 20% taken away. He showed up. He could, probably could have made the weight if he absolutely had to. I think you pay, fucking pay the guy. You don't pay him everything. It's bull crap. <laughs> <laughs> like mad that they paid him. Uh, your other hot take: Woodley, Tyron Woodley today on I assume it was on Ariel. Oh yeah, it was on Ariel Hawani's yeah, yeah. show. Uh, this is the tweet: Tyron Woodley tells Ariel Hawani that the solution to not having to publicly force people to compete is to have ranked fighters from the same division to fight on the same card so that their future timelines will align. Bryce is weirdly upset about this too, so I'm gonna let him go. I'm not upset about it. I just don't think that this is a solution. And I even made a little a thread. Let me pull it up on our Twitter, at Untitled MMA for Twitter. Um, a few of the points that I brought up was what happens if someone gets hurt? Because in practically in the same breath, he said, I would fight at 233, but I'm waiting for my hand to get cleared. He wants everyone to be ranked and fight on the same timeline. But whose timeline? If the champion is hurt and waiting for a hand injury to get cleared, that could hold up the whole division if that's what they're waiting on. Um, I don't think, for one, also, that he should be stripped or there should be an interim fight. Dude fought, fought like three months ago. Right. But if – also, in earlier or later in that interview, he said he gets paid to fight. It's how he makes his living. If all the ranked guys have to fight at the same time but someone gets hurt but could fight a month later – does he have to wait for the next cycle three months later? I think you're kind There's... of, I think you're like reading too much into what he said almost. I think he's saying that, and they've, UFC's kind of done it recently. We saw it with the Connor Khabib, Tony Pettis lineup. Um, where the like two of the next few guys in line for that title shot should be on the same card because it does get all the timeline all out of whack if. Uh, say if Khabib and granted this is a bad example because fucking Khabib and Connor are never gonna fight again it seems, but if Khabib and Connor fought in July and then Tony Pettis fought in October, 
then there's a three-month gap and somebody's waiting on somebody. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you have Tyron Woodley versus, I don't know, Colby Covington and Ben Askren versus Robbie Lawler on the same card, then they're going to be ready within a few weeks of each other if everything goes right. I, I think that's what he's saying is not to have these big gaps in between the champions fighting and the contenders fighting. And I think that makes sense. Yeah, and looking at someone read the uh, thread and quoted it and said, well, that's a self-owned. Because I threw out a disclaimer. I didn't watch the interview, so I didn't know how well much that was taken out of context. Right, so you fucking it sounds self-owning like, uh, He had said it would be him and Colby and then Ponzinibbio against Usman on that on a given card, which makes more sense. And I don't necessarily have a problem with having like a, essentially also a built-in backup in case one of those guys falls out. But to say, from just that statement, it just didn't seem like the right thing. Sorry, I'm reading. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think the general idea of what he's saying is right. I just don't know how extreme of an example he's like he's going for. Yeah, and having I Usman and Ponzinibbio, yeah. Askren, and you did, could throw out a couple names. It doesn't even have to be on the same card if they're all within a few weeks of each other i think yeah within a month because then that doesn't mess anything up unless again people get hurt because also let's say they fight on the same card one guy gets a 15 second knockout and the other one is in a five round war that makes the other guy have to wait because the other dude's got broken hands and facial injuries that take time to heal do we want to talk about greg hardy again uh, I, I mean, we can for a second, but right before we do that, I just want to say, and to end that rant, I said, timeline problems aren't going to go away. You can try to minimize it, and I think the UFC's done a good job of doing that recently, mm -hmm. but they aren't going to go away. And the basis of what Woodley's saying at the end of the day, really, is UFC needs to quit forcing people into fights. And I yeah. think that's kind of a given. And, mm -hmm. I, and I'm not even a fan of Tyron Woodley, but especially lately... Dana White specifically has been treating Tyron Woodley like shit for no yeah. reason. Yeah, and I don't even, like, Tyron Woodley is one of my least favorite fighters, but he's getting the shaft from Dana. And he can Sorry be... Sorry about the guy never fights when he fought three months ago. Woodley can be very annoying at times, but the UFC is being, like, super ridiculous lately. He just mm -hmm. fought the number one guy, and Till had all the hype going into that fight. Woodley's been the champion for quite some time, and it was just like, that was kind of ignored going into that fight. Granted, I didn't pay for the pay-per-view because I didn't give a shit about the fight anyway. But still, like, mm -hmm. I think Woodley beats Usman, Askren, Covington, Lawler. I think he wins all those fights. So Woodley's kind of getting fucked. And mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not mad at him for being angry right now. So Greg Hardy. Uh, he's fighting on the first ESPN Plus card January 19th. Yeah. And Rach Rachel Ostrovich, is that how you say your name? Something like that. Who just had, and I don't know how much Brenda knows about the situation, so uh, she just had a domestic violence incident where her, was it her husband, Bryce? Yeah. Her husband beat her up, like, bad. Broke her orbital bone. Orbital bone. They thought she was going to get pulled off the fight and everything. Um, she ends up convincing Dana that she wants to stay on the card. Dana obliges. But they also booked Greg Hardy, infamous domestic abuser, on the same card as a domestic abuse victim. Um, we've talked about it before. Like we're almost not even qualified to talk about this. No, but, we definitely are not. There's but, no almost about it. Yeah, I agree. But 
at the end of the day, if Rachel Ostrovich is okay with it, and she Dana says that she is right, if and if she's okay with it, like I don't get the I get the outrage, but if, if the I, person that's supposed to be outraged isn't is okay with it, there's no problem. Right, and you have every right to be mad at Greg Hardy. You can definitely think he's a piece of shit. But at the same time, as we've talked about before, does nobody ever deserve a second chance ever? And Luke Thomas touched on it too. Um, you put him on the shortest leash you possibly can put him on. Greg Hardy makes one mistake, he's gone. I think that's like the agreement without it being outwardly said. I think that's kind of the basis that they're operating on here. If he fucks up, he's gone, no question. I think the guy kind of deserves a second chance. You know what I mean? Did you condemn mm-hmm. the guy forever because he made a, a terrible, fucked up mistake? Absolutely. But does that, like, is the rest of his life just over because he did that? I don't know. I'm not qualified to say. But mm-hmm. from my point of view, you put him on the absolute shortest leash possible and you give him a chance. He's earned, like, just within the cage, he's 100% earned a chance in the UFC. And. By all accounts, he's tried to fix his life outside of fighting, too. So, I don't know. It's it's hard to say he definitely doesn't belong. I don't have a problem with it. Like, just, just to sum up what you guys said, I agree. Uh, if she doesn't have a problem with it, why would you? Right. So, if she's but cool with it, let let it be. At the same time, if you're, uh, if you're a fan of UFC and you're a victim of domestic abuse and you have a problem with it, then I I can't be mad at you either. You know what I mean? Of course mm-hmm. you have a right to be mad that Greg Hardy's in the UFC. But I don't know. It's such a, it's such a tricky situation. But if Greg Hardy's one, uh, if there's a chance that Greg Hardy is one of the best heavyweights in the world, it's going to be hard for the UFC not to have him on the roster. And exactly, that's where he's at right, right now. And it was really a matter of time. They threw him some challenges and said uh, they, were, they waited longer than they would have for anybody else. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's a sign. Yeah, especially if it was another former NFL lineman or linebacker, whatever he was. Yeah, a a stud NFL player. Yeah, like a legitimate star in the NFL that fucked it up. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know, tough situation. I think I've said everything I want to say about it. So, Yeah, and I mean, the UFC isn't known to be the most morally conscientious of people because, I mean, John Jones. That. They shouldn't have put him on the same card as Rachel Ostrovich, though. I think yeah, we that was something that was very easily avoidable. But yeah. at the same time, when they did that, Dana White thought that Rachel was also going to be off the card because she had just he thought he was going to take time off. And they should have put Hardy on like ESPN, not ESPN Plus. Like if you're doing it for the for eyeballs, put him on the you sports. Might as well, yeah, put him on the exactly. sports network. Anyways, um, Dominic Cruz versus John Lineker got announced. It's a great fight. I like both guys. I like Cruz a lot more. I don't think John Lineker touches Dominic Cruz. No, not he didn't anything touch, significantly. He didn't touch TJ Dillashaw, and Cruz is more elusive than Dillashaw. Mm-hmm. So. And I think, also, he didn't land too much against John Dodson, who's a poor man's version of both of those guys. Yeah. I think Cruz uh, cruises in that fight. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hope like so. One. I hope so too. I want him to be back at being a champ. I don't know if that will ever happen again, but I think this is a good f- fight for him and for his later career rather than just now as too. So, I think this is good all around for both because Lineker has a lot to win. It, yeah, 
Lots of proof. Lots of win and prove, yeah, obviously, if he does win this fight. So he can, yeah. there's a lot of gain for both fighters, I believe. Right. If, More so for Lineker, obviously. If Lineker does catch Cruz, like, I, I guess the most comparable in power we've seen, at least lately, with John Lineker would be Cody Garbrandt. Did yeah. we really see Garbrandt catch Cruz with a like a really strong shot? Mm-mm. No, he seemed to pretty much just pepper him throughout the fight. Yeah, so uh, we haven't really seen Cruz get rocked, even if Lineker does catch him with one. So yeah, and my guess is he's got a decent chin to where I don't see him getting finished, but that's Lineker's only chance. I guess the only question would be coming off of a layoff, but we've seen him come off of longer layoffs against stronger competition and win. So. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think it's a pretty easy win for Cruz here, which means he'll get knocked out and lose. Um, yeah. Donald Cerrone versus Alexander Hernandez also announced. I think this is kind of a perfect opportunity to see where both guys are. If Cerrone can still hang with the young talent, with the guys uh, coming up more well-rounded and all that stuff, and it's a good test for Alexander Hernandez to see if he's ready for that next step. I think this fight could go either way, honestly, because we've seen Cerrone get hurt, and we've seen Alexander Hernandez absolutely fucking blast people. So I think this yeah. is an intriguing fight. I'll be very interested to see where it goes. I think I would give the edge to Cerrone without looking too much into it, but I think it's a very intriguing fight and a good one to make by the UFC. Cerrone went from panty night, red panty night to this. That's kind of yeah. sad. but like I'd like to see that he's trying to stay active again because that's when he's at his best, when he is more active. Mm-hmm. And I think also... If Donald Cerrone ever gets it in his head that he's an elite grappler at 155 especially, the dude can go places. Mm-hmm. He just is, has it in his head, man, I can knock anybody on earth out, which, I mean, he might be able to. I, I but, probably can. I don't, yeah. I don't think, I can't think of anybody that he can't knock out. Yeah, I mean, he's extremely good, but he just needs in my opinion to u- start utilizing his jiu-jitsu more a lot like Anthony Pettis did in his recent resurgence to reassert dominance as he's an aging fighter. Yeah. Um but yeah, I like that fight. I think slight edge for Cerrone right now, but we're a ways away before I start looking into that one a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh I guess it's time to get into picks for this weekend. Yes. Yes. By the way, last week if you picked on the undercard, I'm sorry. We all are. We went 0 for 4 on the undercard. Yeah, it was bad news. <laughs> oh, the new rankings, or standings. So Brendan took his one-fight lead back. He sits in first at 95 and 61. I'm in second, a fight back, 94 and 62. Bryce in third, four back from the leader, Brendan, at 91 and 65. So still wide open and very close race between me and Brendan, especially right now with these last two cards of the year. So. It's likely that we will have a new champion for the third time in a row. It's pretty crazy. I, I tallied up the all-time win totals. Uh, we don't need to talk about that as much. <laughs> <laughs> I tallied those up over the week here. The fucking iPhone update. I don't know how to find anything anymore. Can't relate because I okay. don't update my phone. Scumbag. Okay. So the first year, Bryce won at 95 and 65. He won one fight over Brendan, three over me, 59%, uh, 59.38% win percentage. I won the second year at 110 and 66 with 62.5%. Uh, we picked 176 fights that year, and then I obviously said where we were at this year. Going into this weekend, I was the all-time win leader at 293. Bryce was in second at 283, and Brendan in third at 279. So really fucking close considering how many fights we've picked. Mm-hmm. 
But you are still definitely the all-time leader. Where is this card this weekend? Do you know? Uh, I feel like I should, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. I just think it's in Arizona. I don't even know if that's real. Um, we're picking the four-fight main card for this for this weekend. Uh, the first fight on that card, Jim Miller is the plus 240 underdog to Charles Dubronx Oliveira, the minus 280 favorite. Miller lost three in a row before he beat Alex White in his last one. Um, I think the game has finally caught up to Jim Miller. He was very much in the mix for a long time, but I think we're kind of seeing the tail end of that now. Uh, I don't think Charles Milwaukee, Oliveira, by the way. Milwaukee. Ooh, that's weird. Okay. Um, I don't think Charles Oliveira is all that good either, honestly. I think he's overrated, and I think we're, we've seen the best of him already. But I think he's better than what we're going to see from Jim, or Jim Miller going into this fight. I agree. I think it's crazy that Charles is, has t- is twenty is only twenty nine, but he has thirty three professional MMA fights. Like that's a lot for that young of an age. Is this? Yeah, Brennan's gonna fix his microphone real quick. I turned it down, so it sounded annoying as hell. All right, we're back. Um, <laughs> and I like you were saying. I agree about him being like a mid. I think he's like a mid level fighter. It seems like he does well against mediocre opponents. He wins, so it keeps him in the game sort of until he fights an upper-level fighter like like a name of Lamas, Pettis, Felder, Holloway. He all loses those type of fights. So as soon as the name starts to get bigger and the fight gets bigger, not necessarily like title shot level, obviously, but the bigger the name, the less the performance he – the less he does in a, in a fight. So mm-hmm. saying that, he's still a good fighter like Buju said, just not that great. But I think he's better than an old Jim Miller, so I have Oliveira. To Brendan's point, before you make your pick, Bryce, these are the names – that Charles Oliveira has lost to in the UFC. Jim Miller, for one, who he's fighting this weekend. That was a long time ago, though. UFC 124, to be exact. But Donald Cerrone, Cub Swanson, Frankie Edgar, Max Holloway, Anthony Pettis, Ricardo Lamas, Paul Felder. He's, like Brendan said, he's lost to exactly the guys he's supposed to lose to. Like, yeah, as soon as the level... Yeah, he hasn't really... His only, like, notable wins in the UFC are... Jeremy Stevens four years ago, so it wasn't that great then. And then Will Brooks, who at the time was a good win, but we found out he was a bum in the UFC. Will Brooks stinks. Yeah, I would, I would definitely go out on the record and say, Will Brooks, you kind of suck. <laughs> All right, Bryce. Um, I also have Charles Miller. or Charles, Charles Miller. Charles <laughs> Miller. Uh, Bryce Charles is going Oliveira. for the door. I think that... He wins the fights that he needs to win, and this is one that he needs to win. He'll add probably another submission highlight to his highlight reel leading up to his next big fight that he'll lose eventually. So that's what I got. The next fight, we're picking Rob Font, the minus 160 favorite against Sergio Pettis in his hometown, apparently, the plus 140 underdog. Um, In the same way I think we've seen the best of Jim Miller, I also kind of think we've seen the best of Sergio Pettis already, even though he's still very young. His only impressive win, really, name-wise, is Joseph Benavidez, and I don't think he won that fight. I think he got gifted a decision in that one. Yeah. Um, granted, if you look at Rob Font's resume, it's not all that impressive either, but I think he's looked at least more impressive than Sergio has. I like Sergio. I'm always rooting for Sergio. I just don't feel like we've seen what we should from Sergio, and I don't see any reason that changes now. I have Rob Font. I have Sergio. This could be a tiebreaker. Um, I think it's good for him. Like this is like more like a moral thing. It's good that he's not on the same card as his brother Anthony Pettis. So I kind of factored that. And not too long ago, he was on a hot streak until he lost to the flyweight champ in Cejudo. 
and he later had an unimpressive loss after that. But I think this is the time for him to get his shit back together and get another win. Not the most impressive win, but this win can get him back to where he needs to go. And I also um, think he can grind out a decision. Just yeah. Pettis being Pettis. So. He, and he, mm-hmm. his chin is good enough not to get knocked out against somebody who has good enough power. So I think he gr- will can grind out a decision. Is this fight at 125 or 35? Do you know? I assume 125. Hold on. I, I didn't know Rob Vaughn was a 125er. I had this feeling he was 35. Because when I saw this fight, it seemed like a weird one. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Last way in 135. Yeah. Pettis moving up. Adds yeah, this is that, at 135. Oh, it is? Yeah, Pettis, yeah. Pettis moves up to Bantamweight. So I think him also moving up to Bantamweight lowers the chance for him to get knocked out, more weight. That's how I assume it goes. Less chance to get knocked out. So I think if it goes to decision, it's more beneficial to him. But if somebody gets finished, it's probably Pettis. Um, This is – when I saw it, it was a weird fight to me, and so that's why I wanted to make sure it was – truly at 35 for one this probably is more signs that uh 125 is coming to an end um in two i think that the size is pretty close in terms like there isn't a huge rob font isn't a giant 135er and sergio is a big ish uh 125er average size he's not terribly undersized at this division i thought you said he's a big bitch for a second (laughs) (laughs) He is not. Um, I don't believe that. But I think that he's just good enough to get by relatively not great competition like Rob Font. Because I've, I enjoy watching Rob Font. He's had some really good performances. Um, like the Douglas Andrade fight comes to mind. And also he knocked out Thomas Almeida. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think he's top-level competition, and I think Sergio's top-level talent. So I got Sergio in that one. I I figured Brendan would be picking Sergio. I did not think I'd be alone in picking Rob Font. Um, the co-main event of the evening, Edson Barboza is even at even odds against Dan Hooker, the minus-120 favorite. Dan Hooker's won four in a row. Um, I've said it with Sergio Pettis. i said it with Jim Miller. I think we've seen the best of Edson Barboza. Um and at the same time, while he's kind of trending downward, I think Dan Hooker's a very legitimate contender climbing the lightweight rankings. I think he's very dangerous. Um, granted, Edson Barboza is obviously very dangerous himself. Ask Terry Edom. But uh, I think we've seen the best of Edson Barboza, and I think Dan Hooker has a lot left to do in this division. So I think Dan Hooker takes a win over Edson Barboza this weekend. I, this is one of those fights where you have an old, fi- an older fighter in Barboza who's already made his name. He's on the decline when you have... Hooker, who's more of a younger fighter, he's on the up uprise. So it's like, it's big for both of the fighters because you have the one that's on the decline that needs to get his shit back together, and you have the one that wants to keep rising. Obviously, obviously, keep moving up in the rankings. So it's a very big fight for both of them, I think. So, but I have Hooker too. Barboza is on a two-fight losing streak, and Hooker's on a two-fight win streak by winning KO in the first round. So, I also have Dan Hooker. Um, I didn't think I thing, think I didn't think it'd be unanimous for Dan Hooker. Um, and when I had originally made this pick, without even looking too much into Dan Hooker, I picked Barboza, and then I started thinking about it. And Dan Hooker is a pretty good grappler, and that has been the one thing that Edson Barboza has yet to really be able to handle. 
I mean, you saw the Khabib fight, although Khabib is obviously a totally different monster. But also, Kevin Lee, I don't, he, it got stopped by a doctor in the fifth round, but my guess is it wasn't going that great for him up until then because of what uh, he really was bringing. He doesn't have a grappling advantage against most of the top guys. Also, his loss before that was to Tony Ferguson via choke. It's in Barbosa. Put him out. Edson Barbosa. And he breaks can... the stereotype that Brazilians are good at jujitsu. If that's <laughs> what you're going to say, I hope I took it. Edson Barbosa cannot grind people out. Like, if you're better than Edson Barbosa, you're going to beat Edson Barbosa. Yeah, that too. I mean, it's just, let's like, death taxes, Edson Barbosa loses to guys that are better than him. Mm hmm. Um, you, you have Hooker. Yeah. You cut me off twice, so I was mad at you. Um, <laughs> The main event of the evening, Kevin Lee, the minus 300 favorite against former title challenger Ally Quinta, the plus 250 underdog. Um, I think Kevin Lee takes this one easy, if we're being honest. I think Kevin Lee's a good wrestler. He can beat you up at the same time. I think Ally Quinta, while he does have a win over Kevin Lee in the past, uh, a lot's changed since then. And I think this is a hot take because Ally Quinta is kind of beloved among hardcore MMA fans. I think he's like generally unimpressive. So, I think Kevin Lee has all the weapons. Ally Quinta doesn't really. So, I think Kevin Lee wins this very, very easily. I think the odds are closer than, or the fight is closer than what the odds say. That's my opinion. Totally different opinion. But I do have Kevin Lee. He's a top well-rounded fighter in the division. Yeah, Quinta, on the other hand, not so much, even though he is highly ranked. I don't know what he is ranked, but he's up there. So, I have Kevin Lee. I think he also wins by decision. I don't think he finishes him. Ooh. I also have Kevin Lee. Um, I also said that I thought Al and Quinta stunk. And at one point, you said that I was crazy for that. Because I thought that he just did not look good. He looked terrible against Khabib. And everyone is giving him credit because he went to a decision. Conor McGregor looked Khabib terrible against looked Khabib. Terrible. Huh? Conor McGregor looks terrible. looked terrible against Khabib. Yeah, I Everybody know, looks terrible. Anytime I've Khabib. ever seen Ally Quinta fight, I've never thought, man, this is a guy that could fight for a title. I thought a very meh fighter. I think he stinks, and Kevin Lee's going to smash this fool. Not being able to fight for a title and stinking are two very different things, to be fair. Since to I, be fair, you're right. Since but I've he apparently stinks, argued. And he shouldn't have fought for a title. Well, I, he wasn't going to fight for a title. He, he was the fourth emergency option, right? Because mm-hmm. it was Max, then it was Pettis, then it was Felder, then it was I Quinta, right? And it should have been Felder. Yeah. Fuck. Who was it? Was that New York? Yeah. Of course The it New was. York Commission. App, anytime something happens in New York, I'm not even surprised. Because yeah. I really think New York's fighting com- athletic commission stinks. Yeah, they're the worst in the country, honestly, which they should probably be first or second. Yeah. Um, I 100% agree. Anything else we wanted to touch on fight-wise? I think we've kind of covered it all. I have all my top- topics covered. Anybody else want to touch on something? No hypothetical. I brought mine up. I brought mine one my one topic up to you about uh, the T Wood thing. I don't have a hypothetical if somebody else wants to do one, but there is something else I wanted to bring up because it annoyed me greatly. Uh, I got no hypotheticals. Brendan's gonna look up. Are you looking up hypothetical? Or Bryce looking up hypothetical? Okay. I want to bring this up. Bryce brushes his teeth in bed. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) <laughs> is that a common occurrence here yeah down at uh school yeah why and how <laughs> what do you mean how i'm a messy brusher so i had to be over and in the sink 
So no. what is it like? You put the toothpaste on the toothbrush. You start brushing, and then you just walk to your room, lay down on the bed, and brush your teeth in there? Yeah. Dude, that's a fucking disaster scene. <laughs> I can't believe you do that. I was thinking about it as I was going to sleep last night. That's how much it bothered me. <laughs> like, I have to be leaning, <laughs> leaning over the sink. Otherwise, it's going to be a, a total shit show. You're laying in bed. You have a fucking hoodie on and shit. It was not even that bad, my guy. It's a weird thing to do. Do you know anybody else who brushes their teeth in bed? No. You're weird. But I also don't ask people about it. I feel like it definitely is odd, but it's not nearly as bad as you're making it out to be. I don't know, dude. It's pretty fucking weird. Like, I get annoyed that of, for, I get annoyed at people who leave the bathroom when they brush their teeth. You lay in bed. <laughs> and at times, I'll walk all the way downstairs and start doing other stuff down here. That's crazy, man. That is crazy. Do you have hypotheticals? I have two hypotheticals. All right, let's do it. One is just something that I think is a little funny. Would you rather be bald or would you rather have a mullet for the rest of your life? Bald. Mullet. I'm, I'm getting the ball. It's gonna. It's, it's not far away, so. I'd have the mullet, too. Are get you it, serious? Yeah, get a little taper on the side so it's not, like, really old man looking-ish. You would look oh, like fucking he... trash if you... Everybody would think you were trash if you had a mullet. People can pull off bald. I think it, to pull off bald, you have to have, like, good facial hair. I don't have that yet. Can you think of any dork who's bald? Like, who's an uncool bald person? Uh, most bald people. I think most bald people Stone I know. Stone Cold Steve Austin? Most bald people. Dana White? Most bald... Joe like Rogan? Thinking, any famous bald person, no one's gonna think that they're... Uh, uh, hold on, what's the dude's name uh, from America's Got Talent that's afraid of germs? Howie? Dr. Phil? That's a nerd, geek, whatever. He's not, he's a lame. Howie Mandel's cool. People like Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel's cool. People like everyone. Think of of somebody with a mullet who's cooler than Howie Mandel, motherfucker. (laughs) My school cop's bald. He's cool. My assistant principal's decent. I can't think of an uncool bald person, and I can't think of a cool person with a mullet. I can't think of a single person with a mullet, so. Yeah, I feel. Joe Dirt. <laughs> Joe Dirt is awesome. People like Joe Dirt much more than who they was like the U- Who was the UFC fighter that had a mullet? He's like a welterweight or something. I can't think of who it was. I can't think Didn't so Roy either. Nelson have a mullet? Roy Nelson. Not cool. Oh, yeah. People like Roy Nelson. People like if Howie you Mandel. Think that he's worse than Howie Mandel. Shut your mouth. You think that, like, you're, you're fucking talking from Crazy Town if we're acting like mullets are okay. You think a mullet <laughs> is better than just a bald head? I would rather. I don't have a good shaped head. Neither do I. I don't rock a bullet, and if I don't like it, I can always go bald. No, you're. Pi- this is for life, dog. You're picking bald or a mullet. Yeah, it is for life, man. I'm going bald. This is like a no question. I can't believe you guys are picking a mullet. I think if I had good facial hair, like a Chris Bryant, you know how like much toothpaste you're gonna hair? have in your fucking mullet, Bryce? <laughs> <laughs> None. <laughs> But the other one I think is really easy, but I just want to know your take on it. Would you accept a thirty thousand dollar per week job or thirty thousand a week job offer where you get to pay to sit in a pitch black room all day for eight hours a day? Yes, but I mean, yeah. that would suck. I, I'm saying <laughs> it fuck would, no. It would. Fuck no. I would not do that. I'd go crazy. I think eight hours of working at fucking Starbucks is hell. I couldn't not imagine sitting in a dark room with no people. Thirty thousand dollars a week though. I would go. I would go. I think I would legitimately go crazy. I'm not going. You just crazy. go to sleep. 
Why don't? Yeah, I was about to say. Why don't you time that when you go to sleep? Ooh, that's, you that's idiot. Smart. That's smart. <laughs> that's if smart. you don't have to do anything. Fuck it. Sleep for that's those eight hours. Yeah, that's sleepy time. What? I guess go to sleep for those eight hours and stay awake for the rest of the fucking day. Yeah, that sp- was like an all-time bad take. Blow your thirty G's a week. <laughs> that was the easiest hypothetical ever. Let's do one. What happens more. if you had to stay awake? Does that change? That your makes it tough. Uh, like I would it, legit go crazy. Just think how much but you I would. I have my phone. I don't think so. It says pitch black, so I just assume that means well, nothing that emits black, light. I mean, I mean if, you, if I had my phone, I'd probably be by okay. The time it's yeah, done, but if I was on my phone, I'd be fine. That's what I do at work anyway. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody I said that. I mean, just <laughs> being on your phone for eight hours straight would suck, but like if you could play music. Uh, and you're getting paid $30,000 30, to do it. Going to work sucks, too. It doesn't suck as bad as sitting on your phone and get paid $30,000 a week to do it. I w- there'd be a lot of jobs that I would take for $30,000 a week. Yeah, there's not a lot of jobs that I'd say no to for $30,000 a week. That's okay. what I make in a year, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Do we have Heck any questions? Yeah. Do we have any questions, Bryce? Uh yeah, let me check. I actually I don't I can't say yeah, but let me check. <laughs> oh, no. Do you want to plug the thing or no? Is there any updates uh, to never mind. What? To inviting somebody to the podcast? Is that Oh yeah. Yes, and we we have a potential guest coming on soon. Stay tuned. There's some details that need to get firmed out that we're gonna talk about Are off there? air. I thought we had it figured out. Uh, it There's, isn't quite figured out. We haven't confirmed this. New I'll talk to you about it why shortly. But we do not. Um, if you have any questions for us, please drop us a question with the hashtag AskUntitled on Twitter. I'll check it before the end of every podcast. You can ask us any. I mean, we're talking about brushing teeth and sitting, laying in a room for eight hours doing nothing. So it doesn't have to be MMA related. Anything you want to know what we think about. Um at Untitled uh, MMA, just right. add us, or you can use the hashtag AskUntitled, and I'll check it every t- uh, episode before we end. No questions? None. Fuck, Fuck everybody listens uh, to this show. No, don't say that. <laughs> Fuck them all. You can't do one simple fucking thing. What are you listening for? Now we're probably going to get some next week. <laughs> okay. uh, you can follow us um, on so- social media. Oh, do you have something else? Nope, that was, I was about to start it. You can follow us on social media at Untitled MMA on Twitter and Instagram, Untitled MMA on Facebook. Uh, you can check everything we do at UntitledMMA.com. Fight previews, fighter spotlights, picks, this podcast, the store, everything is at UntitledMMA.com. Uh, I did that out of order, so I threw myself off there. You can download this podcast on Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere there's podcasts. You can listen Are to this on one. Spotify? There. No. The, they select their podcasts. Way to mm. fucking out us as not being good enough for Spotify, Bryce. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Sorry. Dickhead. But you said anywhere. You said anywhere at times, so nope. I was just wondering. Um, and rate, review, subscribe, give us a like. Whatever you do on those platforms, it's the easiest way to help the show, so do us a favor. Bryce, you're a fucking bitch. Oh. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm hurt. <laughs> I didn't know where I was going, so that's what I went with. It's a... It's a... It's a trap! That's the line, right? It's a wrap. <laughs>